So um, we're going to be in the, the book of Matthew today, and we're going to bounce around in there a little bit, but everything's going to be in that book, so you ain't going to do a whole lot of page turning. Um, and the first thing is going to be Matthew chapter 13, uh, 57 and 58. I'm going to get there when you get a chance, and we'll get there momentarily. Um, so uh, the title of today's message is Total Impact. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We ask you to open every heart and every mind, Father, that's hearing it, to receive it, Father, to use it in their life, Father, to be enriched by it, Father. And we ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so um, let's talk about the ministry of Jesus here for a minute. Now, what do you think was some of the things that was the greatest impact that Jesus did that brought the people to him? What brought people flocking to Jesus? What was the most impactful part of his, uh, his, mission, his mission, his ministry? Everything that he did during those three years, what do you think was the most influential? You know, he spent a lot of time teaching. He taught from boats. He taught from just on the side. People would gather and listen. But what do you think was the, the thing that, that brought them there to hear the word? Because he did a lot of things. He did a lot of teaching. Um, but also, he did a lot of teaching and sometimes people really didn't get it. He would teach in, in parables. He would use things that the people were familiar with, like farming and different things like that to try to put it on a level that they would understand. And, you know, I try to do that a lot, uh, too. I try to take and put, use our modern-day world, word, world and bring the Word into it and show you how it still works today. But we know that from our past studies that a lot of times the disciples really didn't get the full impact of what He was teaching. Because... Countless times we hear Jesus say, O ye of little faith. There were so many times they tried to do something that they had the authority, the ability, and the power to do, and they wasn't able to do it because of a lack of faith. And these were the ones that spent every moment with Jesus. They heard every teaching. They got teachings that no one else did, and yet it still wasn't enough. Over and over, the disciples had a faith problem. Now, Jesus also did a lot of other things. He did miracles. He healed people. He healed people that no one else could heal. He healed things that no doctors could heal, that no man could do. People came flocking to be healed. He performed miracles. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. The New Testament is just full of these miracles, these astonishing, life-changing events that only can happen with the power of God. Matthew 13, 57 and 58. We see when backstory. Jesus is going back to his hometown. 
57. And when they offended him, and Jesus said, A prophet without honor, save in his own country and his own house. He did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. Now what happened is these people couldn't understand that this was the person, the person they grew up with, the person they knew since birth, that this person here was the one that was doing these amazing things. They just couldn't see it. They just couldn't see that this peer, this colleague, this average person to them, the person they knew was able to do these mighty works. It takes something grand. Think about how the, the world draws us into things. If somebody wants us to buy something, they put a commercial up. They show something doing all these amazing things. And it's like, ooh, I like that. I want that. If you walk into a store, back when we used to be able to do that, you know, you walk into a store and you have like, especially around Christmas time, doing the toys, they'll have these displays set up that shows the toy in action. They'll be in that little box and you push the little red button and it comes to life and you see it in action. Because that's how we are wired. We want to, to see the action of it. You know, because I can stand up here and I can tell you what the Word of God says. I can tell you what His promises are. But that only takes us so far. Because we like some real life events. You know, think about it. We're going back to the, the buying uh, example again. You know, we're doing a lot of online shopping these days. So... We read what the manufacturer says about the product. You know, it says it does this and this and this and it's this size and this dimension and weight. And then what do we do? We go to the reviews. Because, of course, the manufacturer wants you to sell products. So they're going to talk it up just as good as they can. We want to go to the live action account. We want to see what the people that's actually bought and used the product have to say to know what the truth is about it. Because maybe it didn't work well for them. Maybe it didn't do everything that it was promised to do. Maybe it was exceedingly better. And a lot of times we use these reviews to help us make a decision, is this product right for us? We trust word of mouth. If we need someone to do some work for us, if there's someone that's already hired that person in the past, and they say they get a good job, that holds more water. That is better than a written review. We're talking now to someone we know, someone that has first-hand experience with someone. And the same shows through for God. Now, we've been talking about purpose. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about we all have different purposes, you know, that 
we need doctors, we need teachers, we need all these different people to do different things to make the world go around, that we're all part of the body of Christ, we all have different functions, that big and small, we are all needed. And we all share one purpose. Now listen up, because you're going to get to know what one of your purposes is today. Some people search their whole entire life looking for the purpose. I'm going to tell you what a purpose is right now. One of your purposes in life. And that is to share your story. Because I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and tell you all the things that God does. But it holds so much more weight when you can sit down and you can tell exactly in detail how God touched your life in a very special way. When, God, when people can see God working in your life, when they can see that light that is inside of you, it makes him that much more impactful, that much more real. Most people struggle with unbelief. The first thing they struggle with is, is God even real? Is he here? Is he listening? Is he doing? But when we can be the proof of that, we can change lives. That is our purpose, is to show how God works in our lives. You know, everything has a cause and effect. We want to do a really good job for our boss so we can see it being a valued employee. So when it's time for the raise, when it's time for the promotion, we are considered. It is a win-win. And God gives us all these advantages, first of all because he loves us, he wants us to succeed, but in return, that success, those blessings, other people get to see. God wants to bring just as many of his children back home as he can. He wants to see every single soul saved. Each and every person is special to him because they are his children. And he wants them to come home. We think about an intervention. When we have a, a troubled person, when there's a problem in their life, the people that are close to them come together and tell them all these things that they need to hear. We are having a worldwide intervention right now. And all the believers are intervening for the non-believers. Matthew 10. And 8. Jesus has his twelve. And in 8 and 10, he tells them to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, 
No script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor ease. Stop. For the workman is worthy of his meat. And then I want to look over at, uh, let's look over, oh, I told you a little fib. I said we we're going to stay in Matthew. We are going to Mark for just a second. Mark 16. Mark 16, 15 and 18. didn't even have it marked. 15, 18. In the commission of the eleven, he said unto them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said that believest and baptized shall be saved, but them that believest not shall be damned. And these are the signs that follow them and believe. And in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands all over the sick. And they shall recover. Now, we see Jesus giving special God-given abilities to be able to heal the sick. To be able to cast out devils. To be able to speak in tongues. To share the gospel. What's one of my catchphrases? What's something I tell you all the time? If he did it for one, he will do it for all. If he did it for them, he'll do it for us. What does that mean, people? What does that mean? We, all of us, every believer, every born again, saved by the blood of Jesus person, has the ability to do these things. Being healed and healing is something we already possess. Being able to cast out devils is something we already possess. And that is not an Old Testament, New Testament time of Jesus thing. Those things are still alive and well today. Sickness is just as rampant now as it was then. And devils wasn't something that just happened during the time of Jesus. They have not went nowhere. They are still here. We are still affected by the spirit of darkness. But we don't have to be. We can cast them out. We can cast them out of ourselves. We can cast them out of others. It tells us we can take up serpents. Now we're not talking about some crazy religious snake handling thing here. We're talking about sometimes we get in situations that we don't intend to. Sometimes we reach into a dark space and pull out something that we don't want to get a hold of. But when we have faith, when we believe these things to be true, we are safe. We are covered by the blood. We are covered by the power of the kingdom of heaven. It says, if they should drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. 
That doesn't mean that we're going to take and tempt fate and go chug on a bottle of Drano. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about these things that we get infected with and we don't even know it's going to happen. Case in point, these nasty little germs that's floating around. All around the world, we see churches closing. I don't believe that any born-again believer with the faith that God is in control, the faith that everything that is written in these verses is true, has anything to worry about when they're serving God. Now, if you're going down to the local bar, then, yeah, you might have something to worry about. But we are doing our mission when we are serving God. People worry about, well, if I lay hands upon the sick, what if I get sick? They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. But these things only work on one condition. We have to have faith that it's going to work. We have to have faith that God has His protection upon us. That we are exercising our authority and our power to be able to do these things. We have lost sight or we never really got the sight of what Jesus truly did on that cross. We talked about resurrection last week. It was Easter Sunday. We talked about the sacrifice he made. And of course, yeah, we all know about that. We all know about he was born in the manger. We died on the cross so we all can go to heaven. But there is so much more than that. We have power and ability that was handed to us on a blood-stained cross so we can use it right now today. None of us have to be sick. None of us have to be unable to do these things because we already have the ability to do so. Given to us by Jesus. By His stripes, we are healed. We just have to know how to access what is already ours. You know, you go, you open up a bank account. They give you tools to be able to access your money. You can use an app to go online. You can write a check. You can go take your little card and swipe it through the machine. You can take that same card, go to the ATM machine, and it'll pop out money. But the thing is, we know how to use these tools. We have some bad programming. See, if we put all of our money in the bank and no one ever told us how to get it out, we'd be at the mercy of the bank to be able to get it back to us. And they're not going to do that. They perfectly like it fine, right where it is, where it's drawing interest for them, where they can use it. But we have to know these things. 
And year after year, generation after generation, we have been struck down by this thing called religion where man has came in and he's wrote his own set of rules about what we should be doing. And it tells us that we have to do A, B, and C to be able to do this. We have to go through this person and pray to that person. No, that is not what my Bible says. That's not what the Word of God says. It says that I already possess these things. That I can do it myself through the power of Jesus that was given to me. We have to learn how to access our power. A car is no good without the keys. And going to church, saying you're religious, doing all these things is no good without knowing what this book says. What Jesus is telling us here in all these red letters. What God messages for us. Why he wants us to do all these things. It's not to, because he wants to be a dictator. It's not because he wants us to be little puppets. It's because he wants us to prosper. Everything is for our benefit. But we have to make a change. We have to change what we've been doing for year after year after year. Stop making it about religion. Stop making it about tradition. Stop making it about what's politically correct. Stop making it about what the world says. Stop making it about what is comfortable. Stop making it about what we've always done. And start making it about what the truth is. Are you ready to start changing? And just think how different everything would be. We see these few stories, the few and far in between, but they're there where God healed, where a tumor was shrunk, where a heart was closed up with a hole that wasn't supposed to be there. Where someone that wasn't supposed to walk, walks. Where someone that was supposed to be not live, lives on. Where someone that was supposed to be born in a state was perfectly fine. Where someone that went through a traumatic accident or a disease is restored. Where deaf ears are open, where blind eyes cease. It's not just back then. It's today. It's there. But the difference is, when they see it, when Jesus walked the earth, they said, wow, this is the Son of God. And now it's like, oh, that's probably a scam. We have no faith. Wow, that was the doctors. That was this. That was that. We call it anything but what it is in the power of God. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask today that we be able to realize everything that you do in our lives, Father. That nothing that we accomplish, nothing that we succeed, 
nothing that we recover from. Anything that we do, Father, that nothing that is possible without you. That you are there every step of the way in each and every moment. Father, I ask that we can overcome what the world, what Satan, what man, what religion has beat in us year after year after decade after generation. That we can overcome that. Throw away the tradition. Throw away what's comfortable and start exercising what is real. What is the truth? What is you, Father? That you'll take that little bit of faith that we have, Father, and you can water it for us so it'll grow. So, Father, we can stop being unuseful, Father, that we can be a benefit to others so they can see the light in us, to see your power through us, Father. And we can have the strengths in our testimony to say, that was God, that was you, Father. Father, I ask that we can stop sitting idle, that we can stop waiting, stop being held back, and make the decisions that need to be made to step up, to be part, to change our lives, Father, in a way that is pleasing unto you. We thank you for these things, Father, and ask if anyone wants to make a decision today that they'll come forward and do so. If anyone has not made that initial decision cry on to you, Father, for salvation, to admit they're a sinner, to turn their lives over to Jesus. May them do it today. We ask these things in the name of your Son. Amen. Page 377, please. Please stand.